Over the last 2,000 years, people have said a lot about Jesus. But who did he say he was? Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. In this series, we will be looking at the Gospel of John and specifically the statements Jesus made saying, I am. These verses reveal his character in a powerful way. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and uh, I'm excited that you're participating with us in this message today as we continue this uh, It Is I series, looking at the different I am statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John. Uh, I want to ask you a question, Uh, and this might bring a smile to some of your faces, and it may bring back a bad memory to some of you, but have you ever been lost? Yep, that's what I just asked. Have you ever been lost? Now, I know you men out there are like, no, no, I've never been lost. Well, the truth is you have been. You just need to admit it. So I want to admit a time in my life where I was lost, and it really uh, shook me, actually. Uh, Some of you may know that uh, after Bible college, I went to New Zealand to do an internship for three months at a church out there. And uh, one of the things that happened is uh, one of the church members gave me a car for that period of time out there which um, was interesting because, uh, well, they drove on the opposite side of the road, but that's for another time, another story. But on Saturday afternoons, uh, I just got in the habit of jumping in the car and just going out for an adventurous ride. And uh, so this Saturday was no different. I jumped in the car, and you can imagine the beautiful green hills of um, New Zealand and uh, where there's more sheep than people. And uh, actually, this is in the month of July, which is their winter, and so it's cold and brisk outside, but beautiful. And I'm just driving through all these mountain roads, not really paying attention, and it's starting to get a little bit dark, and I thought, okay, I need to turn around and make my way back to to home. And... um, Let's just say I didn't know which direction to go. Now, I'm definitely one that's not directionally challenged. Uh, I'm pretty good about uh, knowing my way around, but I was completely lost. Now, let me also put this in the context of this was probably around 1992. So, no, I didn't have a cell phone. And so I couldn't call anybody. I couldn't Google anything. I couldn't Waze anything. And so I'm stuck in the middle of nowhere. And I kept driving around, and the further I drove around, the further I was probably uh, away from where I ought to be. I I have to admit that um, now the sun is starting to go completely down, and I all of a sudden was gripped with this whole idea that I am not in control. I have no idea where I'm at, and I don't know how to get to where I need to go. Have you ever had that experience? <laughs> Have you uh, been lost before? Have I jogged some horrific memory in your heart and mind? Or can you relate to that feeling of being lost right now in this moment? You see, we are navigating ourselves through a time that we've never seen, and at least the history that I've been here uh, on this, this earth. And uh, I think uh, I'm not the only one that senses this whole idea that I'm not in control. Um, Like maybe I thought I had some control. And I think there's probably more than just me out there that's feeling that. And so with the message today, I 
I, I believe that God has something to say to us, to help us, give us that peace that we're probably needing at this moment. And the truth is, for every day that we walk uh, here on this earth. So we bow with me in prayer. And uh, I'm going to bow, and I'm going to ask that you just say a prayer at home in your heart that God would prepare your heart, and then I'll close this off in just a bit. God, thank you. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for wanting to hear from us. God, thank you that um, we have the technology to be able to communicate with one another. And thank you, more importantly than technology, thank you that we have your word. And God, uh, in my weakness, uh, may you be strong. And with all the things that are going on in my heart and my mind right now, I'm praying that you would help me just push that stuff aside. And I pray that for my friends out there, that they would be able to just be here in this moment. And God, that we could draw strength from your word, especially those of us that could identify with just feeling lost and out of control right now, uh, where normally we feel like we've got a pattern and we've got a schedule and we've got everything dialed in. I pray, Lord, especially for those people right now, that you would give them direction, that you would give them hope, and that you would give them peace. Uh, God, thank you. In the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. So as I have shared with almost every sermon in this series, I, I want to give you some backdrop. Um, here, here, here's what I want to do today. Um, Jesus handpicked 12 men, and we call them uh, the disciples. And he did this early on in his ministry, and these were men that he was going to spend life with. Uh, these were men that he was going to pour his life into. And his plan was that, that he would develop these 12 men so when he needed to depart from this earth, that they would continue the mission here on this earth. And so in the church, we call them the disciples or the apostles. And so um, they've watched Jesus for uh, almost three years now, probably maybe even a little bit longer. And, and they've watched him do miracles and they've watched him do things like um, give sight to the blind, uh, to feed 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and a few fish. Uh, they've watched him amaze people with his powerful teaching. Uh, they, they've, they've been in this intimate, close circle where uh, others wish they probably could have been a part of that. These disciples had a front row seat with Jesus Christ. But his time on this earth is, is coming to an end. He knows that the cross is near, and uh, he knows what needs to be done. And so he's been pouring into these men's life and preparing them for uh, what some next steps are. And like last week in the sermon, I shared about, you know, he called out Peter and saying, hey, you're going to deny me three times. He called out another one of his disciples, Judas, and said, hey, you're going to betray me. Uh, he's talking about, hey, I need to leave, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit that's going to bring you comfort. I mean, there's just a lot of language that maybe was shared throughout Jesus' ministry with these men, but now it's really uh, intensified. And, and now the guys are kind of thinking like, oh my gosh, this, this can't be true. This, this isn't coming to an end. Um, and I can imagine people, especially like a Peter, feeling like, all right, um, this is getting a little bit out of control. I, I'm losing um, my, my mind because I, I don't want to believe that Jesus is really going to leave us, that all these things he's been talking about are now, this is the day. And I, I was thinking about that, like, to help me or to help you out there. Like, have you had those moments where you know there's like this deadline? 
and, and you prepared for it, but the closer you get to that, um, the more it becomes real. And then the day of, you're like in denial, like, no, this isn't happening. And, and just kind of in a fun way of bringing you uh, an idea of what I'm thinking about. My family loves going on vacation to Tahoe every year. Lake Tahoe is beautiful. And it's not just the beauty of Tahoe, but it's fun because my sister and my wonderful brother-in-law and all his boys and then my family and my in-laws, we all get under one roof. I think there's like 15 of us that spend a week together. And those first days are just great because you're like, oh my gosh, we got a whole week together. But then I always remember like that last night when we're cleaning up the cabin and we're packing and then we know we're going to get up in the morning and we're going to say our goodbyes. All of a sudden, what you knew was coming is here, and it kind of changes your heart and attitude. You know what I'm talking about? And maybe that's what the disciples were feeling and thinking. It's like, now I have to tell my sister goodbye and my brother-in-law and my nephews that we got to share all this life with. Now's the real moment. Now, that's a small example of really what I think maybe the disciples were feeling. They're like, man, I, I don't want it to happen this way. So, so Jesus reads, in my opinion, I think he's reading a little, a little fear in their hearts, a, a little panic in their hearts, a little like, man, I, I, we don't have control over this in their hearts. He, um, he, saw, he sees troubled hearts. And so that's where we pick up in our, our, our um, passage today. Uh, we're going to turn to um, the book of John. And so I hope you are pulling out your Bibles. And we're going to go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and we're going to start with um, verse 1. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Can you say that with me uh, wherever you're listening? Do not let your hearts be troubled, because not only was he saying that to his audience, the, the disciples at that moment, I believe he's saying that to us today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. I hope you're taking notes at home, and if you are, I want you to write this this down, this phrase. Do not let your hearts be troubled. We're going to look at three statements, or four statements actually today. And the first of those statements in this passage is do not let your hearts be troubled. That is for, like I said, Jesus' audience in whom he's speaking to. But it's also for us today. It's very easy during a season like the one that we're in, the one that we're living to give in to fear, to give in to anxiety, to give in to worry, to give in to this sense of, of, of like the sky is falling. I want you to look at me. The sky is not falling. Amen. God, the same God that was yesterday is the same God that is today and is the same God that will be tomorrow. Hebrews 13.8 puts it this way, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. I know this season is filled with many unknowns. I know it's like me in New Zealand in a car, stuck, lost, not knowing what is going to happen. 
But as I shared in a Facebook post earlier this week, in my study upstairs in my office hangs a, a picture, and it says, I do not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And this is what Jesus is, is just reminding these men. And you would think these men had, had, had gotten it. I mean, they'd spent all this time with them. But even they were questioning. Even they had anxious thoughts. Even they were wondering what the future held. And Jesus said those very words, do not let your hearts be troubled. My friends, as your pastor and those of you that that, uh, aren't a part of this church, um, I, I say this as a friend to you, do not let your hearts be troubled. I know that's easier said than done. But do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus has our back. The truth is, listen, you and I were never in control. Even though we thought we might have been in control, we have never been in control. God's got this. Now, I want to share something that's really important because I, I think there's some um, uh, beliefs out there and some pastors out there, and I'm sure they've got amazing hearts, but I want to say this. There, there's actually this, there, there, we could slide to two extremes in this as Christians. One is we could just say, oh, I trust God, everything's going to be fine, and, and I'll just go to the market, and I don't need masks, and I don't need to stay with, out, you know, outside of six feet, and Jesus is going to protect me in the blood, and all that. And, and I understand your heart, but let me tell you something. To trust and believe in Jesus does not mean cash in your brain. And so I think there's a responsibility, too, in everything. Yes, absolutely, I trust in God. And that's why I could say that, for the most part, my heart is not troubled. It's those moments where I I grab control again that I might freak out. But, But God has also given us a brain, and we need to be responsible with that. Um... (laughs) You have trusted in God, so now trust in me. I love, love that verse. There's so much I could share on this, but I want to go on into the second point that I have here. The, the second truth statement is believe in Jesus. I, I love this because if you read this passage again, it says verse four, uh, chapter 14, verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? If you're taking notes, write this down. Believe in Jesus. And I know we talked a lot about this last week uh, when we talked about Jesus being uh, the vine. And I talked about being connected to the vine as branches connected to the vine. And God's in charge of the whole vineyard. And that we're built for a relationship. We can't do this alone. As a simple reminder from last week's message. Well, again, I have to keep pointing it back to the same thing. We're not reinventing different truth every week. Jesus is saying it here again. We've got to believe in him. So I want to dig into that a little bit more. We could use the word trust in Jesus. This is where I believe the rubber meets the road. Um, (laughs) he's, He's telling his disciples, guys, you saw me raise Lazarus from the dead. You saw me feed the 5,000. You saw me walk on water. Why are you freaking out? If anyone should get it, it should be you. 
Now, I don't know if he's irritated with them or if he's being sympathetic with them, but the point is this. He's driving home the idea that, guys, you know, you know, you know, you got to believe in me. You got to trust in me. That wasn't just a moment one time on the Sea of Galilee for a cool illustration of me walking on the water so that Peter could walk on the water, but this is a a life truth, and it's a life truth for them, and it's a life truth for us. You know what I know is that I'm human, and I've been walking with the Lord. I made that decision for Christ for about 30 years ago, and uh, some of you, if it's been longer, some of you, it's been shorter, some of you haven't made that decision at all, but here's the real question for today. Are you believing in Jesus? Are you and I trusting in him the way that we preached before we were isolated, before distancing six feet from one another? He says, guys, I'm for you. I'm real and I love you. Know this to be true. This season is an opportunity to really check our hearts with Jesus. How are you doing? If you're doing well, praise God, keep digging. Keep leaning into him. If some of you are get wavering, you're not weird. You're not strange. You're not bad. God's not going, come on. But it's a time for us to check our heart to see if Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6 is really something that's true in our life. Where the author says, trust the Lord with all your heart, not part of your heart, not when it's just good, not just when it's bad, but trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? Your own understanding. Can I shoot straight with you? I've been asked a lot of questions, and that's fine, and I'm sure I'll be asked a lot more, and, and I... I'm grateful that people would uh, come to me, but the truth is I, I don't know anything more than you do. Um, a lot of my wisdom comes from this book, and you have access to this book. Um, I'm having to trust the Lord and not lean on my own understanding. And in all my ways, it says, acknowledge him, and he will make my path straight. E- either that's true or it's not, and I'm trusting that to be true. Um, God says it, that settles it. Are you allowing his truth to run through your veins or is it fear that is running through your veins? If you've been a part of our church, you've heard me say this many times or if I've counseled with you in my office, um, I know this is an old illustration because not many of us use CDs anymore nor do the new vehicles tend to have CD players. But I've always pictured my, my, my head as kind of a CD player. I know that's weird. Um, but uh, I, I picture, you know, um, whatever I put in here and allow to play in my mind that affects my heart and my thinking, that's the music that I play to. That's the music that I dance to. You don't dance to music you don't play. And so if I'm going to put negativity in there and I'm going to put fear and I'm going to put anxiety and I'm going to put depression or whatever those things are, then that's the music I play in my heart. That's, that dictates how I live my life. So I want to encourage you. Some of you need to push eject, take out that CD, snap it in half and throw it away and say, no more, devil. 
And some of us need to put the CD back into our hearts and our minds, which is God's word, and lean into God's word and delve into God's word and claim the promises of God's word. Are you trusting in Jesus? He's sharing this with his disciples. He says, you don't need your hearts to be troubled. You believe in me. Keep doing that. And that's my encouragement for you uh, today. Um, If I shoot real straight with you, um, just getting real practical, um, this has been a hard season. And I know it's a hard season for everybody. But uh, as a leader of a church um, that over 1,000 people would call their home church, um, when we were faced with some decisions a few weeks ago, specifically um, two weeks ago on a Thursday before everything went down, um, we had to start asking the question for the very first time, are we going to have service on Sunday? Now, let me remind you, we just celebrated our 44-year history as a church. And I asked Pastor Glenn, the founding pastor, have we ever closed the doors? And he said no. So that was a really hard decision. Um, you would think it might be it was an easy one, but it wasn't an easy one for this guy. And so um, that's just one example of many things that have happened in the last two weeks as a shepherd of this local church that I, I've, I, I don't have the answers. Do you, ha- do you know that they did not have a coronavirus 2020 class in Bible college? Yeah, I, you can smile. No, this is the, there's no such thing. And so we're, the only thing I could do as a leader, as a shepherd of this flock, is trust God. Trust God not with my own understanding, but trust him and lean into him that he's going to guide me in leading this, this local congregation back into safe harbor. I would say the same for you, my friends. Uh, You've got to lean in. For those of you that have lost jobs this week, you've got to lean in. For those of you that your income's uh, not matching the, the outgoing, you've you got to lean in. For those of you that thought hanging out with people that you love 24-hour, 24-7 was going to be wonderful, and maybe some are being a little bit annoying now, you've got to lean into God. Um, that's, that's the answer um, for today. Uh, there's so much more again on this, but I want to move forward. And uh, it's just another true statement that's made in John chapter 14 that I think is awesome. He goes on, and, and we've read this a few times. He says, uh, you believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's, or it says, my Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. My friends, if you're taking notes, write this down. He has a room for you. He has a room for you. The, the, the Bible clearly tells us this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. And I know for some of us that's really hard because we're holding on to the things of this world. And I get it because there's security in that. And there's a sense of control in that. But I want to tell you, there's something even greater beyond this world. And if you read the book of Revelation uh, chapter 21, John even paints a picture, a little bit of what heaven is like. And Jesus is saying, I've got to leave this place. I've got to leave this earthly place. I've got to go to the cross. I've got to die a horrific death so that the forgiveness of sin happens and that you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And while, while you're here on earth, I'm not living, leaving you alone. I'm giving you the Spirit to keep you going. But I'm going to be upstairs. I'm going to be up in heaven. And I'm going to be preparing a place for you. 
and he's been doing that for over 2,000 years. Can you imagine what it looks like? And he says, I've, I've made room for all of you, all of you. All of us have the ability to say yes to Jesus Christ, to go and, and, and be a part of that room. And I know many times I joke about it, and I go, oh, my room's going to be filled with ESPN and MLB on one TV 24-7, and I'm going to have a golf simulator in my room. And I talk about some of the silliness of those things. But the truth is, once we get to heaven, we're not going to give a rip about what our room looks like. We are going to be in the presence of Almighty God. And for some of you, that doesn't mean much to you. But I want to tell you, it's like finding yourself in Daddy's arms again. Because God created us in His image. He is our Heavenly Father that absolutely is madly in love with us. And, and so even though we're attached to the things of this world, that's because that's what we know. But if we knew how silly it was that we were so attached to this stuff, knowing that there was something so much greater uh, waiting for us, we would almost laugh at ourselves in this moment. But again, we're human, and I get why we struggle. But that's a promise to hold on to, my friends. Heaven is real, and he has a room for you there. It's a place where no more tears No more death, no more taxes, no more pain, no more COVID-19, no more separation, social distancing, no more fear. And as Jesus was looking in the eyes of his disciples, Hopefully, as he said those words, there was a a calm, a peace that raced throughout their veins, even though they still didn't quite understand. I pray that those words will still be powerful today. That our hearts don't need to be troubled. That we're to believe in God. And he's preparing a place for us. For eternity. And although that may not be what we want at the moment, it's what we need. Just like I shared a few weeks ago, there's a big difference between wants and needs. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things I want to be different right now. But that's not what I could concentrate on. I need to concentrate on the need. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. And one day we'll be back in the Father's arms. I was thinking about that. I've traveled a lot uh, across the world, been on many missions trips, and the experiences are wonderful. The opportunities are great. Um, The relationships are priceless. But, you know, after a week sometimes or after 10 days or after 14 days, you just want to be home. You know what I mean, right? You want to sleep in your own bed. You want to eat your food. You want your shower with your towel. There's just something about being home that brings that comfort and that peace. It's like when I was in New Zealand lost after many hours of driving around. 
it was finally good to be back home at the house in New Zealand. My friends, this passage is so important for each and every one of us today. I want to move on to the last thing that's so important for us to grab a hold of. That's found here as we continue reading. We left off in verse 4 where Jesus says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. And then in verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, (laughs) we don't know where you're going. Like Jesus like, oh my gosh. I don't think he did that, but maybe he did. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, are you ready? Here's our I am statement for this sermon. He says, I am, let's read this together at home. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not know him. Uh, You do know him and have seen him. If you're taking notes, uh, write this down. Uh, He can handle questions. He can handle questions. Philip, this man that spent three years with Jesus, Jesus has trained him. Jesus has taught him. Jesus has modeled for him. He still does have questions. And he asks this question, I don't know the way where you're going, so how can we know? You can imagine imagine Jesus' response to this in his heart. You can imagine maybe the, the frustration or the, oh my gosh, moment. But again, I want to bring assurance to you because I know a lot of people are asking why questions today. Uh, they've asked me a lot of why questions. They've asked you a lot of why questions. And, and that's okay. I'm a pastor that says it's okay to ask God the why questions. It's okay to share with him your frustration. It's okay to share your worries. It's okay to share your fears. It's okay to share your bad day. It's okay to share your good day. It's okay to share your good things. It's okay. God can handle the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so don't be afraid to just go and ask God questions on a walk or in your bedroom or you know, wherever you happen to be in your car. Ask him the questions. But just know this, that he's not going to necessarily give you the answers to the questions. He's going to always point you back to his son, Jesus, because that's what you and I need. Simply stated, Jesus is the answer to my troubled heart. Jesus is the answer to your troubled heart. Um, Stop fighting it. Stop fighting it. What's the worst thing that could happen if you surrendered yourself and said yes to Jesus? What's the worst thing that could happen to you if you trusted in Jesus Christ? You started reading his word. You started praying. What is the worst that could happen? But think about the alternative. What is the best that can happen? Because he's pretty cut and dry here. His words aren't very politically correct in today's time. They're not very tolerant. They're not inclusive. They're actually a little exclusive if you want to look at it that way. Because if you read the same words I read, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. But then he says, nobody comes to the Father except through me. 
I want to close by pressing into that just a little bit. Because we may have a question of why. Why would Jesus make those statements? I am the way. Well, I want to tell you right now, he is the way. You're lost. He's your Google Maps. He's your Siri. He's your Alexa. He's your ways. He's your Thomas guide for those of you that are really old. But then he says, I'm the way, the truth. John chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus says, I came filled with grace and truth. By the way, our, our Jesus is so gracious. But he says he came filled with truth. You know, we live in a world that highlights relativism, and relativism simply says this, that there's no such thing as absolute truth, which I always find ironic because that's an absolute truth statement. But there is, my friend, absolute truth. There is right and wrong, whether we like to admit it or not. There is a right way to do life, and there is a wrong way to do life. We are created in God's image. He shares his truth in the word not to ruin our life, but to give us life, to guide us and direct us in the way in which we were meant to to live life to its fullest. So my friends, I'm not the one that wrote the rules. But to say uh, this universalistic, uh, all roads lead to God or relativism, you know, there's no such thing as as truth. They may sound good, they may sound tolerant, but it's not right. And I know that might not sound loving, but my friends, right now we gotta put all aside the garbage that's being taught in our world and we need to line up with the truth. And Jesus says, I am that truth. I am that way. And I am the life. There's a lot that you've uh, taken in here in this message. And so I, I want to bring this all to a conclusion. Um, the, 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 right out the gate, Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. That would be a truth for you today. He says, believe in me. And, and again, that's, that's, that's a question. Are, are you believing in him? And then we learn that he's preparing a place for us, an eternal place in heaven. But the way to get there, the key, he says, I am that way, I am that truth, and I am that life. And no one gets there except through me. Have you said yes to Jesus? And then lastly, we learn from this passage, um, it's okay to ask questions. Keep asking them. But I want to tell you, when I was in New Zealand, I was lost, stuck in darkness, feeling out of control. And I got lucky. What took probably should have taken 20 minutes to get home. It took two hours. But I want to tell you, there's something that's greater than being lost in New Zealand. And that's being lost here on this earth right now. And I want to tell you, you've been shown the way. What are you going to do with it? When you say yes to Jesus, the peace will consume you like no other. Let me pray for you. God, thank you. I pray that... um, as these words were shared, that truth was shared, but grace was also accompanying it. I pray, God, that, that human words were not heard, but divine words through your Holy Spirit. And I pray for that person that's sitting in their home right now that's wrestling, 
I pray that you would um, look at their troubled heart and just share comfort, comforting words, words of comfort with them. And I pray for that individual that's shaken right now and knowing the very thing that they need to do and say yes to you. I pray that you give them the courage to do so. And for the Christ follower that is wrestling with their own faith and the Christ follower that's solid right now, I pray for them too, Lord, that we would grab a hold of the truths of what you've shared here today, that we would believe in you, that we would look forward to heaven, and uh, that we don't have to give in to the troubled heart, that we could find peace in the truth. I pray these things, Lord, and whatever else that needs to be prayed over, each person that's listening, you know what needs to happen. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. You forget all my rebellion.